It is almost impossible to talk about my childhood without talking about my grandfather. In fact, from the time I was born all the way till I was six years old, I lived with my grandparents. And uh, you could say I had an extra set of loving and caring parents. And so they were a big part of my childhood. But specifically, my grandfather is the person that stands out from in those memories. My grandfather, you see, was, was a jack of all trades. He was uh, a welder. He was an outdoorsman. He loved hunting and fishing. He used to be a dental technician. At, uh, at any time that his family needed help, he would be more than willing to help them out. Even a stranger with car trouble on the side of the road, he would stop to help. But above all, I think what really describes my grandfather is that he was a jokester. Anywhere he went, anyone he would talk to, he would always try to put a smile on their face. And, well, he was your typical grandpa. He would let me win at arm wrestling and pretend I broke his arm or uh, disappear a coin magically and reappear from inside my ear and say there was a whole bunch of them in there. But anywhere he went, he always tried to make people laugh. But fast forward to 2016. My family and I had been living in Florida for about a year or so, and we hadn't seen our, my grandparents in a while, so we decided to go pay them a visit back in Texas. And as we're traveling to Texas, I'm very eager, very excited to see my grandparents, expecting to see the same grandparents from my childhood, the same old funny grandpa. But when, when I get there and I go up to greet my grandfather, I notice that something is wrong, that something isn't quite right. In fact, his expression on his face when he, when he sees me and my family is not one of excitement. When I hug him, it, it's more of a hug that I would get from a stranger rather than a loved one. And the entire time we were there, he never called me by name. So you would see later, soon after that, my grandfather would be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And unfortunately, it progressed extremely rapidly on him. And today, even though he is thankfully still alive and in good health, he has absolutely no memory of anyone or anything, anyone including himself. And he can barely even utter a word. And so you see, all those memories that, that we share together growing up, running around, having fun in his house, sharing good times with each other, all those memories are gone from his mind. And he doesn't even know who I am. And so this, this event that happened, this disease that came upon my grandfather made me think of something I'd never thought about seriously before. It made me ask questions that I hadn't asked myself so seriously before. And that is, what happens when we are forgotten? You see, because 
I think all of us, to some degree, some capacity, are trying to be remembered. There are some that want to be remembered uh, and, and they work so hard every single day, day after day, trying to become famous, either as an artist or a singer or an athlete or whatever it is, but they want to be known worldwide and be remembered that way. Other evil and vile people want to be remembered by committing great crimes or mass murders without caring what they're remembered for. But I think most people, like you and I, have a much nobler pursuit, and that is to be remembered simply by our loved ones. Isn't that right? I think that's partly why we spend so much time with them, why we spend time off of work to, to hang out with these, with these people that we love, to, to spend valuable time with them, to share stories, to teach lessons, because I think in part we want to find our way into their hearts and minds. We want to be remembered by them. But what happens when we are forgotten by these people? And not necessarily because of a disease like Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. Maybe simply because of neglect. Now we'll get to Scripture very soon, I promise. But I want to let you know that the older generation is known as the forgotten generation. Did you know that 60% of nursing home residents never have any visitors? And that's just in the United States. A couple years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Jamaica. And while we were there, we decided to visit a nursing home in a city in the middle of nowhere. And it was such an old, old building. Maybe two to three staff members maximum. And when you walk in, it would make you want to cry. Rows of beds, and on each bed, an older gentleman, either blind or deaf or missing a limb or not in the right state of mind, all those people, most of them had been left there by their own family because they were seen as a burden and they were there forgotten and left to die. But they were so happy when they saw that they finally had some visitors. You see, being forgotten makes you ask the question, did they not really care about me? Did they not love me? Did they not cherish those moments we shared together? Did I, did I do something wrong? Or did I not do enough? If you would, open up your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Starting in verse 39. Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 39, says, One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? 
And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, there's not much that we know about this thief on the cross other than, well, he was a thief. But also that while he was on this cross, hanging there, he had a heart full of repentance. And who knows, maybe at some point in his life, this thief at some point had it all. Maybe at some point he had a loving and caring family, a stable life, a good job, uh, a good reputation. Maybe he was known as an honorable man. And then maybe one day he lost it all and dedicated his life to a life of crime. And maybe it was years before he was finally caught. But one thing's for certain. As he was on this cross, he thought about everything that he had done in his life, all his mistakes. Maybe saw that there was no one around crying over him. In fact, the Scriptures don't even tell us what his real name is. Maybe he felt forgotten. But then he looks to Jesus and sees the Son of God hanging on the cross, blameless. And he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. Turn now to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 23. I want to I give each and every one of us three lessons this morning. The first lesson is one that the thief recognized. That it is far worse to be forgotten by God than it is to be forgotten by man. Is it sad? Is it devastating to be forgotten by a loved one, by a father, a mother, a grandparent, a son or daughter. Oh, it is. It's sad. It's devastating. But it is far more devastating to be forgotten by God. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. My family and I many times tried to somehow stir my grandfather's memory to see if maybe deep down he, he still remembered us. And so we would say, for example, Grandpa, don't you remember me running around the house and, and singing the same song and being annoying and, and having these these great times together. 
well, I grew up here. Or others might say, Dad, don't you remember me? Your son? Don't you remember how we used to go hunting together and fishing and we had this house in Mexico? Don't you remember who I am? In the same way, on Judgment Day, on that last day, there will be people who will plead with God to see if they remember, if He remembers them. There would be some people that might say, God, don't you remember who I am? Don't you remember that, that I went to church every single Sunday? I was there. Do you not remember me? Yet, this person never thought about God the rest of the week. Never prayed. Never read His Scripture. Others might say, God, don't you remember me? I used to play the guitar in worship. And, and I did it with a loving heart. And I did it for you, God. Don't you remember? Yet they don't recognize the authority of Scripture and don't respect the silence of God. And maybe some other people will say, God, don't you remember who I am? I... Don't you remember the day I was baptized? Don't you remember that, that beautiful day that, that I was so full of repentance and I confessed your name and I, I was baptized for the forgiveness of my sins? And yet from that day on, he never grew. He never matured. Never gave fruit. Never sacrificed anything for God. And those, to those people, God will say, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. You are not my sheep. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I think we all know that we want to be remembered by God that we need to be remembered by God. It's, it's essential that God remembers us on that final day. I think we all want our name to be written on that book of life so that when the Lord opens it and reads out our, all the names, our name is there. And God might say, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. But here's the thing, and this is the second lesson. Even though we yearn to be remembered by God, the sad irony is that we are the ones who forget. Isn't that right? Though we want to be remembered by God, we are the ones who forget about God. Now, the following verses will not be on screen, so if you would, accompany me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 8 and verse 34. Judges chapter 8, verse 34. It says, And the people of Israel did not remember the Lord their God 
who had delivered them from the hand of all their enemies on every side. You see, this thing about forgetting God isn't something new. It's not something recent. Since the beginning, the people of God have been forgetting God and forgetting what God had done for them. Now go on to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 15 says, But my people have forgotten me. They make offerings to false gods. They made them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk into side roads, not the highway. You know, just as it is sad for us and devastating when a, when a loved one, when a family member forgets about us, God feels the same way when His own people forget about Him and forget what He has done for them. Now go on to 2 Peter chapter 1. In the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9, Peter says, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Peter's saying whoever lacks these qualities that he previously mentioned, whoever lacks faith, whoever lacks virtue and knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and godliness and brotherly affection, whoever lacks these things is so blind that they have forgotten God. And what he has done for them. But go on to verse 12 here, Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 12, says, Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in the body to stir you up by way of reminder since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Notice verse 15. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Notice what, what Peter is saying. You know these things. All these, all these qualities, virtue, faith. You guys know these things. But guess what? I'm going to keep reminding you. Why would, why would Peter need to keep reminding us of something we already know? You would say, Peter, I know about faith. I know we're supposed to have virtue and knowledge 
and steadfastness. I know we're supposed to have brotherly affection. Why, why keep reminding me of these things? Well, I think Peter made it clear in verse 15. So that at any time we could recall these things. Not just on Sunday. Not just when we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But at any time we're able to recall these things and not forget. You see, I think that's what Peter's trying to get to here. The only way to prevent forgetting is to be continually reminded. The only way to prevent forgetting is to be continually reminded. But we're so caught up in our busy lives, in our busy schedules, that we don't have time. We don't have time to pray. Oh, man, I forgot to pray today. Oh, I forgot to read my Bible today. Oh, I forgot forgot that I was going to prepare for class today or, or that I was going to preach to my neighbor today. I forgot. Because we're so busy. We don't have time for God. But the following, following statement is key, brothers and sisters. We don't have time for God because we don't make time for God. What do you do when you put the turkey in the oven on Thanksgiving Day? You set a timer. Right? And it lets you know when it's cooked fully and it's ready to eat. Because if it wasn't for that timer, chances are the next time you go to the oven to open it up, it's because you smell something burning. Isn't that right? Or what do we do when we have to wake up early the next morning because we have to go to work? Or we have to get, go to school? Or because we have to take an exam? We set an alarm, don't we? Because if we don't, chances are... The next morning, our boss is going to be wondering where we are, or our teachers or our fellow classmates are going to be wondering where we are. What do we do when we have a doctor's appointment months out? We write it down on the calendar. We write it down on our phone so that it can remind us. Because if we don't, chances are the day of the appointment comes, and we're nowhere, nowhere to be found. You see, even in our daily lives, in our daily mundane tasks, we set reminders for ourselves so that we don't forget. But what about the things that truly matter? What about the things that are spiritual, that... that are about our soul, about our salvation. What about these things? Why don't we set reminders for ourselves? I think it's time that we do. Uh, you don't have time to, to pray to God? Guess what? Make time. Write it down. Remind yourself. Put it on your phone. Put a, an alarm every hour or two hours or every three hours so that you're reminded Oh, it's time to pray. 
You don't have time to read your Bible? Put it on your, on your phone. Write it down on a sticky note. Put it on a planner. Make a schedule. Maybe, maybe you have to wake up earlier. Maybe you have to go to bed later. Maybe you have to cut lunch break short. But make time. I don't have time to be here on Sunday morning worship. Then whatever you have to do, get your job done earlier in the week. Get everything you have to, to do, everything you have to get done earlier in the week so that you have time to go to Sunday worship. Whatever we have to do to remind ourselves, make time for God. The third lesson before we conclude is that God is the answer to our fear of being forgotten. God is the answer to our fear of being forgotten. If you would turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 15. <clears throat> Bible says, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. You know, I love this verse so much that I have it engraved on the cover of my Bible. And the reason is because it's, it just hits home for me. Because who knows if maybe one day, like my grandfather, I'll forget as well. Maybe one day I'll forget all my family, forget all my friends. One day I'll forget all of you, and maybe I'll even forget myself. Yet God says, I'll remember you. Is it devastating to be forgotten by a loved one, by a friend, by a brother or sister in Christ? It is. It sure is. But God says, I won't forget you. In fact, the next verse, God says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. God won't forget us. And I think this lesson has made it clear that God won't forget us as long as we don't forget about Him. Go ahead and take your songbooks out to the number... <clears throat> if, you, if you feel like you've been forgotten, you feel that maybe no one cares, I'm here to tell you God cares. 
And the people of God should care as well. And I want to tell you that one question that we all have to ask ourselves is, will God remember me on that last day? So if you're visiting with us this morning, the water is ready when you are. If you're ready to confess the name of Jesus, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in repentance, the water is ready. Do you want to be remembered by God? God wants to remember you. But we must remember Him as well. And if you're a Christian, brother or sister in Christ, if you have fallen away, if you have forgotten God, there is no better time to be reminded of God and what He has done for us than right now. If this is something we can help you with, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.